Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast, and maybe I think I'll look back, and this might be one of our most listened to podcasts, and I have people saying, are you doing a podcast tonight? Are you doing a podcast tonight? We do one after every game, including losses, when you guys really don't want to hear about your team. I know like when my team loses, whether it's the White Sox or Bears or whatever, I don't really want to listen to sports radio or podcasts about it the day after, um, but after big wins like that, you sure do, and I can't think of a bigger win uh, for an Illinois athletics team, uh, especially the revenue sports, than the one we just saw since I've been covering this team. And I'm, I'm kind of upset we weren't there at Ann Arbor and Joey Wagner is joining me. But what a victory for Illinois. 76-53, number four Illinois takes down number two Michigan, which not that surprising, I guess. I mean, the... the I. I would say that because if you just looked at this in the history books and say, oh, number four beat number two, not that big of a deal. But the context of Illinois without its superstar guard, Io DeSumo, I think there were nine and a half point underdogs when they came into this game. And just the way they dominated this game, mostly from start to finish, especially the last 30 minutes, was just amazing. And Joey, I haven't meant to do this, but after Nebraska... They're without Iowa, I said, a team win, right? After the game at Wisconsin, I said, a program win. This one, to me, is just a special win. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought after that Wisconsin game, given the context of without Io and the third and five and everything that we pointed out at length, I thought, I don't know how they're going to top that. You know, like that that is one of the – the that was one of the signature wins of Brad Underwood's tenure – and then this happens, and I, I don't know. Like I know defensively is how they did it, but you look at it, and it's just like at some point during the game, you kept thinking, "Well, this is a good Michigan team. Eventually, they are going to ramp into gear." And Illinois never let it happen. And this is everything Brad has been building. It's, it's almost verbatim what we said on Saturday, but to the nth degree. I, I mean, the way that they did this against who they did this against. And you put all the backdrop of of everything that's happened with the scheduling and all of the I.O. will he, won't he today. I mean, I think we we're kind of glued to see what was going to happen in the middle of the day. And then it's like they never lost to beats. Like they never got caught up in the will he, won't he. It was like will we? they had their plan and pedaled to the metal and just blew them out. I mean, it wasn't even close. 
By the way, I forgot to record the video of this to start, which I always do, but I am recording this for the podcast. So if you're watching it, you're, you're kind of getting into it late. Um, but I'm just saying, this is a special win. It is an absolutely special win. And I think one that Illini fans will cherish forever. And it just puts really the cherry on top of what has been a special season and really a very special run here. Joey, they've won 10 of 11 games in the Big Ten, in this Big Ten, one of the greatest conferences we've ever seen according to Ken Palm um, up top to bottom of what they bring in night in and night out and our guy Brad Evans an Illinois grad but he's really good as a bracket uh, expert he said this should this should be it for Illinois this, this should give them the one seed and that's what we said coming into this week is you win one of these games and we thought it'd be Ohio State you have the one seed and you did it without Io DeSumo for the last three games, and you have a chance to finish the season with three straight top 25 road wins. That That is unbelievable. So this was a ridiculous end to a season that I think Brad Underwood was really nervous about. But how can you not be so impressed by your team to come out of it and look like this? You lose your best player for a lot of programs, Joey. That's where you go downhill. Because why wouldn't you? I mean, we're sitting there going, man, can you just hold on to a two seed? You know, at worst, just hang on to that three seed with, with Io out for possibly several games here. And they just got better. Like Trent Frazier tonight. Um, you could tell like that was freshman year swagger Trent Frazier on top of shutting down Mike Smith, which shut down the Michigan defense. DeMonte Williams has, on, I think he's played his three best games in a row in an Illinois uniform, 7.6 rebounds tonight, but absolutely bothered Isaiah Livers who got hurt uh, and Franz Wagner as well. Jacob Grandison, six rebounds, five assists, and one big three. And then Andre Carpello is just like, oh, yeah, this is what I was supposed to do anyway with Io not here for a junior year. I'm just going to score 17 points and have six rebounds and score 11 of the first 16. Uh, and then Kofi absolutely dominated Hunter Dickinson. And I, I was nervous for Kofi coming to this game. I didn't know who would have the edge here. But Kofi defensively just absolutely bothered Hunter Dickinson. And just like last against Wisconsin, like this is a program, man. This is a special thing that is happening right now in Champaign. What everyone could have ever dreamed of when Brad Underwood got hired. And who would have thought after the first two years, even if you thought Iowa was going to be great, even if you thought Kofi would be good, I, I don't know if we ever thought uh, that this could have happened. And, and this tonight could have happened. Um, this was this was one of the most special performances I think Illini fans of this generation, the young generation, has ever seen, and even for the older generation, like the Wake Forest Illinois game, that was a statement. Um, this was a statement, but I think even more surprising. You know, and it's not like one player just got bonkers hot and carried this team. I know mean, Trent Frazier did, and he played like freshman year Trent. But it was, it's not like I, I look at this and say, well, they only won because Trent Frazier scored X number of points and just went crazy. It was everything. Like, they didn't Brad even Milton, need that. They didn't even need that flurry. Right. That's what's amazing. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we talked, Jeremy, before this game, like Michigan doesn't have any holes on its roster. And we, we dove into, well, what about the wings and what about this? And somehow Brad, the, the team was so in sync that it kind of eliminated all that. I mean, I would still sit here today and say Michigan probably has the advantage on the wings. That's not a bad take, but the way that Illinois had this defensive game plan, the way that they went about 
just stopping. I mean, stopping Michigan. Michigan looked so out of sync. Jay Billis did a good job. They were playing one-on-one. I mean, there wasn't the ball movement that, that makes them click. It was none of that. It was just Illinois sat down and guarded. And two years ago when Brad Underwood redid everything and he got rid of that get in the lanes and jump and high pressure, this is what he built that for. As he said, not to be Michigan to do more, but but these games, these win on the roads. You know, he said when the offense isn't working, the op- offense obviously worked pretty well the final 30 minutes, but it was just everywhere. And yeah, Kofi on Hunter Dickinson was was really, really good defensively. And he got it going offensively because Hunter Dickinson did a pretty nice job on Kofi Coburn too. And you're watching the game and early on, I thought it's just going to be like a, like a net wash here. Yeah. Like, is that how this is going to go? And Kofi got his rhythm. And we've seen this out of Kofi when like, the energy gets going and things are just like moving. Like when Illinois gets a kill or they're starting to string it together, this guy just goes to another atmosphere. It's that Kofi grin, right? Like he gets that Kofi grin going and it's like, uh uh-oh. That's like like when his motor is revved and the energy, you know, Georgie, it's it's more fluctuating, right? Like Kofi, usually his energy is placed in the right way. But lately he's kind of gotten off track sometimes, right? Like uh, and teams have bothered him. Hunter Dickinson didn't get him off his game uh, at all today, and I thought I thought that was really impressive. By the way, Michael Tulip is going to hop on with our Zoom call at some point and get and get more in X's notes. He's actually uh, hopping in right now, but that was that was a really special performance um, by all of them. I mean, seventy six to fifty three. Even Zach Griffith got involved with two points late in this game, and and Joey, you saw the celebration, man. What a deserved celebration that was. I mean, that's what I, I don't I wish I would have seen it before the Zoom because they had something special lined up there that they were doing. And that's like a, a pop up for Brad at another time. But that was that was everything. We talked about Andre Curbelo. This is a guy who like three weeks ago, Illinois fans could not have sold stock on this season <laughs> faster. They were ready to just be like, nope, this dude, he has no control. He he goes crazy with the ball. And now they're building a statue for the guy in Champaign. He just, when the moment came, he stepped in and he was completely ready and he ignited that offense that was just really, really slow in those first 10 minutes and got everything going. All right. I usually have mine like after a loss. It just works out that way. But Michael Tulip is joining us. Thanks for joining us, man. Um, I know there's so much to get into, but that was shocking because Michigan's really good. And I I thought the score would have been switched given that Io DeSumo is out. But what do you think it was like to be a part of that, whether on the floor or on the locker room? Uh, like, it's just my gut reaction, right? Like, there's a lot to dive. Yes. Uh, I, I guess a lot when it comes to peeling back the curtain, there's a lot in terms of the nuts and bolts and, and you know, what worked, what didn't work, what worked for, you know, for Illinois, what didn't work for Michigan. I mean, this reaffirms, to me, it reaffirms everything that Brad Underwood has been building. And, and it all was a culmination in this one game. Like, let's think about it. Game gets off to a slow start. What was everybody clamoring for earlier in the season? Let's start Andre Curbelo. And then Andre Curbelo comes in, completely changes the game, um, opens the game up a little bit. Um, you know, and, and then I think of, uh, of even other things. You know, Jacob Grandison, if you would have said, hey, Illinois is playing at the second-ranked team in the country, Michigan – at their place, and you know what? We're going to start Jacob Grandison. If they would, if if he would have said that, 
you know, after the Mizzou game or something where Jacob Grandison had a tough two minutes, you'd be like, what, what is going on? To me, a, a lot of this was you credit the players. Um, you know, I, I even tweeted about crediting IO cause I think he's a big part of what they built, but damn it. You credit Brad Underwood. Um, you know, I, I, he's just the way he is, he has created this culture and a lot of, a lot of coaches say it, right. Oh, we want to have a player led culture. Um, yeah, okay, but you still, hey, coach, maybe you still want it to be about you and and you know sing your own praises from time to time. He's done. He's done that. He's made this a player-led culture, um, and I say that while still saying he's an unbelievable coach, and that's what un- unbelievable coaches do. It's, hey, I'm gonna create this culture so that Io can get on Demonte, so that Io can get on Trent, so that Trent can get on Io, and and what it does is when you have a guy like Io go down. These guys want to. These guys want to play for him. I'm not saying it was like a win-win for the Gipper tonight, but you know there there is a feeling of you know every. I, and I think Illinois has been itching for that. Like mm-hmm. they've been waiting for that game of everyone counting them out, and and and, they, and I think it's a breath of fresh air for them to just say, hey, you know what? No one believes in us. Io's down. Let's go in there and let's let's kick their butts. And and you know, there's a lot of nitty gritty to get into, but. Right. They were just the tougher team tonight, tougher, more dialed in, you know, whatever you want to call it. Illinois brought it. You're kind of going back to like all these lessons along the way, Mike. Like Jacob Grandison, the last two games, outplaying Aleem Ford and Tyler Wall, and then this game, like Demonte and him outplayed Livers and Wagner. Like that's unbelievable. Um, but then you think about toughness and rebounding, like Ohio State, Maryland. The, those were lessons in that game that we have to bring it and. I think this is a team I don't have to worry about getting up for games. Like that hasn't been an issue so far this right. year, but it d- does feel like even within this season. I mean, you're mentioning even like long term things. Joey's been mentioning like the the defensive change. Like it's all leading to this and Kofi and what he did defensively. But even like within the season, those lessons they've learned along the way, and I think they learned it again against Michigan State um, last week. Is they've built on that and learned from that, and that, that's a credit to as you said, both the coaches and players. Yeah, no question. I think when you like when you break down, I've gone back and said this before, the the change that Brad Underwood made to go from, hey, we're going to usher in this seven seconds or less. It's going to be fun, high octane in Illinois when he initially came in to understanding, hey, I got to mold, you know, my our, you know, our game plan around my personnel. Like and that's what exactly what he did. Kofi comes in last year and it was a hey, we're going to grind it up. We don't shoot the ball particularly well. So let's keep these games in the 60s and see if we can get some wins. And they did. And then this year, you get a guy like Andre Corbello. You get a guy like Adam Miller. Io takes his game to another level. And now you're potent defensively and offensively. And when you can do that, I mean, the, the sky's the limit. And, and I think, you know, moving forward, you said, you know, they have no problem getting up for games. Well, really, really from here on out, every game you can get up for. I mean, it's that's the beauty of it. Um. Man, I was just really proud of those guys, specifically Trent. Um, we sing his praises a lot on this podcast, and, and rightfully so. Um, I, I just got – he hit that three to put them up 28, and the camera panned to him. And and I just remember sitting there being like, this is just – this is so cool because he, he deserves this. Um, he deserves this. And I think even if – you know, and, and if Io doesn't go down, you know, people are still – Trent's still revered, right? But – what he's been able to do in his absence is it's, it's nothing short of incredible. And it's exactly what this team needed. It's, 
exactly when this team needed it, he delivered it. And you can say the same about Jacob Grandison. You can say the same about Andre Curbelo. Um, I know he had six turnovers last game, but man, did he look good tonight. They, I mean, they couldn't stay in front of him. It didn't matter who it was. And you've gotten a glimpse with Io out, gotten a glimpse into the future, right? Like you've gotten a glimpse of, even in just in the short-term future, of what this team can accomplish in the NCAA tournament um, and, and going far and what it takes to go far. And man, you know, I, I think it was a wake-up call for, for Michigan specifically. And people would say hey, they were due, you know, Illinois stole their soul. Like, I mean, <laughs> straight up. Like, I mean, it, like you're, I'm you thinking Mortal doing, Kombat, your soul is mine. <laughs> it, I mean, I, there's really no other way for me to explain it. Mike, before we get into like the, the nuts and bolts, you said something interesting in the sense that like Jacob Grandison didn't play his best stretch of basketball in December, but it seems like Brad, like he stays the course. He doesn't really ride the roller coaster too much until it's the exact time to flip like it, it felt like it was a time to give Jacob that start but he, he really seems to find the balance of like staying where he needs to be until that very second where he can't anymore and it's, it kind of goes unnoticed that transition sometimes because it's not it's pretty seamless yeah no you're exactly right Joey I think the the one thing that I've that's always stuck with me uh from playing and being in those locker rooms and and then seeing the dichotomy of okay I see what fans are saying and I see I'm also at practice every day. Mm-hmm. So I, I guarantee you that Jacob Gresson was doing those things in practice. This wasn't just like a, you know what, let's give, let's get old old Jacob a try here. Um, you know, he was doing those things. Um, I guarantee it. And and I've I've I'd heard those things out of the Illinois practice facility, if you will. Um, so it wasn't a surprise to me when he became a starter. Um, because I think I thought he was an integral part of you know, the, the comeback at, at Penn State, the comeback at, you know, at Northwestern, like he was, and maybe that opened Brad Underwood's eyes even more of like, this kid does this every possession. And, and, and granted, so does DeMonte, but there's a difference. There just is in the Big Ten, there's a difference between 6'6 six, six and 6'3. Six, um, as, as, you know, as trivial as that sounds, uh, there just is. And I, and I think what he's been able to do, the, the elements of his game – uh, and, and I said it tonight, um, but you can look back at any national champion. You can look back at any Final Four team. They have a Jacob Grandison. Like, they, they all have a Jacob Grandison. And, and I think, you know, you, you take him off his team, and I think DeMonte still kind of fills that role. But DeMonte's almost even more dangerous when he can be that, you know, I know he starts, but in terms of how he's dependent on, like a sixth, seventh guy that is knocked down from three, long and can rebound wants to defend wants to share the ball like you can't have enough of those guys when you already have the talent that you have so um but you're back to your point of knowing exactly when to make these changes and him not getting you know swept away with oh man i'm getting pressured to start andre curbelo let me start andre curbelo like i jeremy you and i you and i were hard stance keep him coming off the bench for for the entire season because I think what it's done is it's 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 protected him in a way um to where when he comes to these moments on you know blockbuster Tuesday uh you know he can come in and do what he did because all I've been hearing out of the Illinois practice facility all I've been hearing about Andre Curbelo is man he'd play even even better with fans in the stands that's just who he is like he's a showman like he he and he feeds off that and that energizes him and I think these big games 
are where you see him step up. And then the growing, the maturity aspect of it is always going to be, Hey, you know, you know, what are we going to do when, when a bottom feeder comes to town? Right. And I say that, and he almost had a triple double the other night um, <laughs> against Nebraska, but you know, but those types of things, that's where the maturity um, comes. And I, I thought staying on the freshman train, I thought Adam Miller was, was terrific tonight. His energy, uh, he just was, he was moving his feet. He, I mean, he's always been, a, been great laterally defensively, but tonight he just seemed to be a step ahead. Like, and, and, and it felt like that for a lot of the, a lot of the guys in the Illini. So, uh, you know, you're exactly right. I, I think Brad Underwood's done a, a tremendous job of, of hitting all else in, in all phases of being a coach, right? Hey, let me get my staff. Okay, let me get the players. Okay, now can I make in-game adjustments? Now can I make adjustments from game to game? What's going to help us? And like all of those factor into being a really, really good coach. And I think Brad Underwood falls under that umbrella. Mike, uh, this defensive performance is one of the best I've I've seen. Uh, Michigan was top ten in offensive efficiency. They were top ten in uh, points per possession, and in Illinois made them look like a, a bottom of the Big Ten offense. Um, what did you see, I, I, Joey? I think Brad said Orlando Antigua had the scout on on this one. Uh, Chin Coleman's kind of. I think him and Chin are just kind of this one-two punch yeah. defense. It sounds like yeah. So you, I think Chin's kind of been the main guy this year, but I mean that whole staff obviously put this together. Mike, what did they do so well, um, other than individual efforts? Yeah, I mean you could yeah, starting with the individual effort and toughness, physicality, they checked all those boxes tonight. But getting into the actual nitty gritty to the game plan, um, I thought it was an unbelievable move to ice the ball screens. To keep, you know, and, and and I know you guys know this, but to explain it to the listeners, icing the ball screen is when instead of trailing your the offensive player off a ball screen, you are turning your body towards the sideline and forcing it to stay on that side. So now Hunter Dickinson, anyone that's setting a ball screen typically has to, we, we used to call it bounce. So you bounce, like the big man will have to bounce to receive the ball because there's nowhere for them to go. You're icing to prevent them from coming off the ball screen and then also Kofi and Georgie are in a position to almost corral it where they can't go right either. They can't go left either. Um, so all it forces is that little throwback to Hunter Dickinson. And the more you can make the guy, the, the, the guy who's keying the offense be Hunter Dickinson, the more that, you know, you're in a good spot. And I thought Michigan is great when they can get the ball humming. I mean, that's, it's always been Michigan's thing when they get it humming around the arc, that's when they become dangerous and even so, what helped Kofi and what helped Georgie is when you ice those ball screens, when the ball's flying around the arc, guys are coming off ball screens, swing, swing, swing. It's so much harder to play post-defense. It's so much harder to stay because Hunter Dickinson is rotating and rotating. The ball's moving, and it's, it's hard to stay on top, get back behind, get back on top. And when you keep it on one side of the floor, you, you're, you're able to stay in the same defensive position um, and, and things slowed down a little bit. So I, I thought it was a tremendous game plan. I thought it was something that, um, that I think teams going forward are going to look at like, oh, hey, maybe, yeah, maybe we, we ice these ball screens against, yeah. you know, against, uh, against Michigan. And, Mike, I'm glad you mentioned Georgie. Um, I thought he was great. I, I thought his energy was great. His defense, I, you know, one play they were humming the ball and, and Hunter got behind him. Um, but I, I thought Georgie uh, gave fantastic minutes guarding the post as well. I, I think um, – a lot of times with Georgie, Georgie, when he gets in there, it's chaos. I thought it was controlled chaos tonight, um, you know, because there were a couple instances where 
Georgie always means well. George, whatever scout is, Georgie wants to do it to a T. And clearly the scout was to front Hunter Dickinson. And, and I think he learned his lesson really one of the first possessions he came in. Oh, I'm going to front him. Oh, I'm going to front him. And now he's rooting you up to the free throw line. And you got to mix in. I'm, I'm going to dive behind him for a second. Give him a different look. Um, and he kept, he kept going high side and they just threw it over the top for a layup. But I thought the way he was able to defend without fouling as, as the, you know, throughout the course of the game and staying vertical. And we always, we always say it's so hard. And, and anybody can say that sitting at home, okay, stay vertical. You just got to stay vertical there. Why are you coming down? Go grab, grab your wife, grab your daughter, grab your son, grab your brother and have them put your hands straight up and have them hit you in the chest. What do your arms naturally do? They go down like it. So it's, it's, it's even more of a point to, and it's even more impressive when you can maintain that and sustain that throughout a game of like, I'm going straight up. Doesn't matter what kind of um, blow you give to my body. Like I'm, I'm staying vertical. And I thought Georgie was fantastic with that tonight. I thought he was patient offensively. Um, I, and, and that's really all you need. And, and I think the more these guys are starting to find their identity, I know you can say it's March, but we always, we always said earlier in the season, this team was never going to be a finished product. And I think now the, you know, it's almost coming full circle because I remember after the Ohio state game was when people were like, ah, uh, but should never, should never bought this team. Like, you know, it, you know, it's, and then now people are talking national championship and, and then now you have, you go and see the Buckeyes again and we're at this completely different level. I'm watching Baylor tonight and, and I'm, th- I'm, I'm sitting there like, that's a damn good team. And this is an Illinois team that really played with them for 33 minutes, uh, December, whatever it was, early December. Um, and think about how much better Illinois has gotten since then. Figure out, I mean, think about how much guys have, fig- have found their identity and where they fit in on the team, where Adam Miller fits in on the team. You know, I, I thought what he's done the last two games is, you know, I know Io's out and, and he did what was required of him against Nebraska. He was aggressive and that's what the defense gave him. And I thought against Wisconsin and tonight, um, he had that selective aggressiveness. And it wasn't just, I got to go and get mine because Io's out. And, and that's been huge. And I, and I think that's something that he's having more confidence in what his role is. And all of those guys are. And, and you, can't, you can't possibly click at a better time than you know, March 2nd. Mike, I told Jeremy before you got on, and this might be a take that doesn't age very well, but I would still say Michigan has the advantage on the wings on paper. Like the, those, just those are really, really good wings. How did Illinois negate Franz Wagner? And even I saw like Isaiah Livers got going pretty good a little bit in the first half, and I thought, okay, this was a matter of time, and then it just stopped. Like, how does that happen? Yeah, I think when you look at, I thought when you look at a guy like. Franz Wagner and, and when you have a guy like Livers, I've watched a lot of Michigan basketball and in a lot of Livers open looks and a lot of Franz looks, Franz is great in the open court. Um, he's long, he gets in passing lanes, and when he can get out, he's dangerous. And there wasn't much of that tonight. And then with Livers, he he tends to be a guy that is really, really is his I'm not saying his game is predicated on it but he takes advantage of second chance opportunities. And it's the old Billy Donovan where you get the offensive rebound and when is the three point arc the most open it's it's then. So when you can limit them on the offensive glass, it takes away all these second chances 
for guys like Livers to get going, for guys like Wagner to get going. Um, and, and I thought the other thing, too, is you didn't let those guys, although they had size, I mean, Franz Wagner, zero free throws tonight. You know, he's an 80, he's like an 84% free throw shooter. You know, Isaiah Livers, two free throws tonight. Um, I thought they were so good at mixing in when to be in the gaps. And I thought it was almost like the, the Brad Underwood of old style. They were in the gaps and they also denied. Like it was a great blend of, hey, we're going to ice on the ball screens. But when the ball is moving around the arc, we're going to mix in some denials and just create this heat in the kitchen where I felt like Livers and Wagner, they weren't able. It was kind of like they were running in quicksand all night. Like they, they weren't able to really, really get going. And, and part of that, too, is the inside out game that they have. And, and I thought Dickinson was frustrated um, because he hasn't gone up against anyone like Kofi. And, and to Dickinson's credit, I don't think Kofi had gone up really against anyone like him either. Kofi looked like he absolutely won that battle. But, you know, Livers and Wagner are both guys that I think you're never going to hand them the ball and be like, hey, man, it's tip off. Go win us the game with your isolation, with, you know, th- that's just not their games. Their games are within the team system. They're like, they're, they're both, I think they're both system quarterbacks, uh, if you will. And if you can find the glitch in the system, then you can take, then you can take them down. And I think you're exactly right. I, I still think they have the advantage on the wings. I, I think both of those guys are going to play in the NBA. Um, is that going to be the case for Demonte Williams and Jacob Grandison? Maybe not, but that's why it's a team game. And that's why, that's why you have five guys. When you have five guys that connected defensively, it's a sum of the parts. Like it's, and I thought that was the case tonight. Um, and it showed you that when you can play collective defense like that, no matter how many NBA, NBA prospects are on the other team, like you can get the job done. Mike, Joey doesn't know what a system quarterback is. He's a Packers fan. Okay. <laughs> He's got Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in his history. So he doesn't know what that is. Um, you mentioned, should we be talking more about Trent Frazier then? Because Mike Smith is kind of the head of that offense, kind of gets everything yeah. going. Should should we be talking about his defense a little bit? Jeremy, hell yes, we should. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think it is, uh, man, anyone that's anyone that's listened to me on this podcast probably is like, man, this dude sounds like a broken record. But this dude, and, and I just, I continue to be so impressed with it. When you, when you look First of all, credit Michigan for getting a guy like Mike Smith in the, in the time that they needed it uh, with Xavier Simpson leaving. I, I think he brings more to the table um, than Xavier Simpson, who, who was a really good Big Ten player, but Xavier Simpson wasn't a threat you know, from the outside. Um, and I think Mike Smith is that. Xavier Simpson may be a little better at probing the defense. But anyways, back to, back to Trent, what he's been able to do night in and night out. And you can see people say, you know, when you see shots going in, you're confident. And then you come in heat check. This dude has like the way he levels guys off defensively and the way he is able to get through screens. It's like a defensive heat check. I mean, and it's like, he is able to, you know, and, and the, and the bench feeds off of it. And I, and I think there's, and I, I heard some inside stuff from, uh, from the Wisconsin game. Um, Namely, so he was on, I think Alondo Tucker, the Wisconsin assistant coach, was, was talking to Trice and was like kind of walking him through how to come off the ball screen and, you know, this and that. And allegedly, Trent was standing at half court watching this, watching them do their little walkthrough together and looked at him and goes, that ain't going to work. 
<laughs> and, and and it's that's the type of mentality that wins not only just wins games but creates this winning culture yeah. like I, I think io possesses that and i think io and trent both possessing that you can see like from when kofi first came in to like the the like to, to the you know i guess the what's the word for it like the tenacity that he plays with now and you can you can tell when kofi's kind of feeling himself um like all of that is it's it's culture and it, and to me it's not like you can always walk the fine line of are they showing up the other team? Is it arrogance? It's like a, you know, it's a competitive confidence. Um, and it's something that for a lot of these guys, for Trent, who is under, he is undersized when it comes to being a great defender. Um, and, and so he needs to have that chip on his shoulder. So when you look at all these different guys, especially Trent, like I remember when he was on his visit and I, and I, and I was, I remember standing in the locker room with him. I was at Wright State, but this was August, so I came back, and it was Trent Frazier's recruiting visit. And I'm talking to him. Him and I have a talk in the locker room for, I don't know, 25 minutes. And I was like, I was like, I was like, what, what are your schools? What are you looking at? And he was like, oh, like Georgia, LSU. I was like, those are football schools, bro. Like, I, <laughs> I was like, I'm telling you, man. Like, and and the other thing with Trent too is that he's like Curbelo. That dude feeds off of the love right like the fans and 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 i think he's turned a corner now to where he's so much he's so much more about like the big picture and what that means him and i exchange texts pretty frequently and the sentiment that that's always there with trent is like don't care we want more like don't care like care but don't care um it's over like we're you know we're moving on to the next one we're hungry um and and that's and people can say that and and, and I, I've heard I've been in locker rooms before where dudes say that but I believe it with these guys I really do I, I think they it's one thing to play for a goal a common goal in mind and it's one thing to it's another thing to stay the course the way they have um, even with a couple losses of you know Maryland Ohio State and then what they've turned that into since I'm gonna miss you know and I don't know I mean I don't know if he's decided to come back and play or not but. I'm going to miss watching him suit up in the orange and blue. Io, obviously. Damante, obviously. Um, Zach Griffith had a re- had that rebound tonight. It's going to make me miss him, too, um, and that and that putback. But, man, I mean, this has been – this has just been so much fun, and it's what I've always been saying to anyone that will listen is cherish it. Like, you have to cherish it because there will never be another 2020, 2021 – Illinois fighting Illini there, there won't be. And you, and, and I think this program is set up for success in the future. Um, but you never know what can happen year to year with, you know, injuries and, and, you know, this or that, you know, certain things that are out of your control. So in the moment, like, hell yeah, let's enjoy the, the 23 point win against Michigan, you know, and, and yeah, we have, we're focused on the big picture, but hell, this is fun. Like and this is the way it should be. This is the this is March, and we're talking about a one seed, and this is everything that we've been talking about. Everything a, a fan has been talking about. Everything Brad Underwood's been talking about. Coaches, players, like you're living in it. You're here, so you know cherish that, understand it, take it for what it is, and enjoy it. 
it's funny you talk about Trent at half court at Wisconsin saying it's not going to work because Piper got a picture of Io today at half court while West or while um, Michigan was warming up. The dude was just glaring. Like Io was not playing in that game, and he just watched like like I don't care. I'm still here. I'm still in the building. Like he kind of commanded that about him, and I think that's probably contagious around all of them. But you talked after the Michigan State game, like Michigan State's back was against the wall. They've got to win as many of these things as they possibly can to get in. Illinois, not obviously as much. But the, the mental kind of hurdle there of getting yourself up for that game, how do you – like this game, when I was ruled out, it's kind of like a gravy game. It's, like, it's probably not going to hurt if you lose. And if you win, it's, it's everything. So how – like the mental psyche to stay up, how do you do that with your best player out knowing that like it's not really going to hurt in the big picture of things? I, I – I hesitate to say that Illinois won this game because they were playing with house money, but I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade. I think when you, I, I've, I've dove into the psychological aspect of basketball, the psychological aspect of sports. And I think they say what it's three is to one. Um, I believe that. I mean, I, I think right now, you know, I, and I have, I don't know if I've ever shared my theory um, it's, I, I call it the man down theory, but it's typically what happens is when a team loses their star player, luckily, honestly, I'm not even sure Illinois qualifies for this because they have enough talent, but you look at Nebraska, um, and, and, and then beating Minnesota the other night, um, you know, in Rutgers, I, I look at a team that like when, when your star player goes down. Typically, and I actually think John Beeline talked about it the other night, so I may have to trademark this, but there's a one to two game period, right, where everyone is still playing. It's muscle memory. You're still playing your role. Um, and, and then with that, expectations are lowered. Um, you're playing with a little bit more house money. So, and then once the second, third game starts to creep around, guys are starting to figure out more that they can do within, you know, outside of their role. Like, oh, Io's out. I can do a little bit more of this. And then that's when you start losing again. That's why I think Illinois doesn't qualify because they have talented enough players. But you see time and time again, star player goes down and that those first couple games are, you know, I think, I think ten, Auburn lost their best. Shree Cooper was out and they went in, beat, you know, they beat Tennessee. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it just tends to happen. But from the psychological standpoint, you know, I look at a team that, no matter what, and this is going back, this is all going back to Io because the, the type of culture that he has created with his leadership in that locker room, it's like it's sustainable whether he's on the court or not. And, and I think you see it on the sidelines. And, and, and I think I've said it before where Andre Curbelo subs out and Io's putting his arm around him. Hey, man, this is what I'm seeing. This is, you know, and this is a guy that's about to be, you know, six months from now or whatever, he's probably going to be an NBA player. Not probably, he's going to be. Um, but what that does for a guy like Andre Curbelo, when the next freshman comes in, Andre, I learned that from Io. I'm, I'm putting my arm around this guy. And it's just, it's a domino effect. And, I, and I've said it before, that's what makes the villain, and maybe this isn't a good time because Villanova just lost, but that's what makes the Villanovas the Villanovas, right? Like that's what makes these programs these programs. That's why programs have sustained success. So there is a mental component to 
knowing that you're undermanned and knowing the other team might, might be taking you lightly. Um, but I thought tonight was less of that and more like, this is Illinois basketball. Like I, and, and it's, it's awesome to be able to say that um, because, you know, there's, there's nothing fake about it. There's nothing phony about it. Like this is, this was another, just like I thought Wisconsin was a culture win. This was another one. Um, this was another culture win that makes you look into the future and say, Hey, you know what? I might have a statue built out of the state farm, state farm center, but this program, even after him is going to be in really good hands. And I think that's, that's the one thing where you look and say, man, this is exciting. Yeah. I felt that way after Wisconsin, Mike. And then after today, I'm like, this is even better than I thought it was. Right. Um, so last one, Mike, cause I just got the nine minute warning from, from zoom here. Um, Let's look towards that future because I believe I would assume it was in the concussion protocol. It's kind of what I've speculated based on the timeline coming back. Um, sounds like today was right at the edge of that. He just didn't get cleared. Probably could have played, but I think the protocol is well-intentioned and it's there for a reason. And look what happened without it. Um, but I would expect him to play at Ohio State. Um, so what is the impact of these three games without him, given the success they've had, and is there any worry, I use that in quotations, about him getting acclimated back to a team that's that's rolling a little bit? I hate to ask it, but I, I guess it's the one question now when he comes back with a face mask. Right? Yeah, he's got the mask on his face. So, I mean, that doesn't, it's not like he's, yeah, it's not like he's coming back from a tweaked ankle. Um, you know, I think ultimately this team and, and Io specifically, I mean, he's just so mature. Um, and, and you can hear that in his comments. You can hear that. You can just see that in the way he carries himself. Um, there's not a fake bone in his body. And, and I think when he comes back and, and, and the other thing is when you have teammates that, that are welcoming him back, I, I mean, there's not, trust me, it's not every star player in college basketball. I can assure you, uh, I'm not saying it's from my experience at Illinois, but I can assure you that there are teams in college basketball that for damn sure think that they're better off without their star player, that they were holding them back, that we can achieve more without them. Um, I know IO doesn't believe that. I know Illinois doesn't believe that. I know I don't believe that. And I know you and Joey don't believe that. Right. So I think there's a difference when you can have a guy that's welcomed back with open arms like IO is. And I think he's mature enough to understand like, it's, you know, when, if he plays against Ohio state, that it's about beating Ohio state, no matter, no matter what, um, if that means IO takes nine shots, um, I don't think IO's of the mindset of, man, let me, let me start this game off and just let, let me, let me get IO going a little bit. You Almost know, like, to a fault, I, I think, right. Almost to a fault sometimes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So I think, you know, it's, it's being able to come in and have that maturity of, we still have a lot to play for. Um, and, and he's confident enough in himself to be able to say, you know what, there is no shaking rust off because the only way that that becomes the case is if you believe that. And, and I think Io has this unwavering belief in himself that it's just, you know what, like the plane slowed down a little bit, but like we're, once I step back onto that, um, onto that runway, we're taking off again. Like there's no having to sit and refuel and de-ice the plane. Like, no, like we're all, all the passengers on board. Good. Let's, let's keep flying. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's something that, um, that is, is so unusual, uh, for, 
you know, for, uh, for college programs, for guys to have that type of maturity, I'll keep going back to it. I'll keep hammering it home. I probably said it seven times describing IO, but it's really what, you know, I've come to really love about him. Uh, I believe I, I believe I, tw- I, I tweeted it after the Purdue game at Purdue last year. I was just like, man, I'm just blown. Like, yeah, great. Trent's pulling up for three, hits his sixth three or fifth three. I'm so impressed by Iowa's leadership. Like, like, and I remember saying it in the moment there and just the way he has taken off and yeah, he came back, right? Like he could, he could be on an NBA roster right now, but he came back and has, has, could, has every excuse to be like, no, like I came back, right? Like, you know, I did this and, and it's about me and you don't see any of that with him. And, and I think these, all these accolades, right. And, and the team's success has been a byproduct of him having that, you know, I, I guess intestinal fortitude and, and having this te- these teammates that he has embody that as well. So I don't see any type of, you know, oh man, like, let me dip my toes in the water. He'll come back and, you know, we'll be Iowa and, and they'll, and they'll welcome him back. I agree with you. And right now they look like the national title contender. We all thought they could be uh, at the beginning of the year. Michael Tulip, uh, you are the goods, man. Appreciate you as always giving you 30, 40 minutes of your time, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a Jordan flu game right now. I got, I'm getting wisdom teeth pulled tomorrow. So I got like some, some gums overlapping teeth. So I threw some Orogel on and (laughs) That'll probably wear it off here soon. So didn't even know it. Now, now we had two legendary performances on the night. So there you go, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Not to toot my own horn, but I'm battling right now. All right, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. See you. All right, see you. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of the Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog Jada when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. That was fun. Thanks to Joey Wagner and Michael Tulip for that. Enjoy that victory. And as Latulip said, and I, I hate to be the reminder, but we, we get caught up so much in, in these little things. And will they be a one seed? Will they not? Well, now, now you are. Like, they are a one seed. Uh, so just cherish it. I don't know how far it'll go this month. I don't know how far it'll go in the NCAA tournament. But uh, regardless of what happens, this has been a special season. And it's been a special run, man. Ten of the last 11 the one loss is at Michigan State, which they still got a work to do to get back to the NCAA tournament. But what they've been able to do, and, and it, especially this streak without Io DeSumo, you're going to remember this. You know, in your Illini fandom, I think this is going to be one of the, you know, proudest moments as a Illini fan uh, that you've had, and, and and during such a 
let's just say a crappy year <laughs> for the world. Um, it's, it's just been a joy. It's been a joy to watch, a joy to cover. And I know Brad Underwood has to be so proud of his team. All right. Thanks for listening to the Illini Choir podcast. I'm about to get to work on player grades. Um, they're going to be pretty high. <laughs> going to be pretty high after this one. I don't think I'm going to give five stars to everybody just to kind of, you know, those five stars stand out a little bit more. Uh, but I don't know if there's going to be a grade under four. I can tell you that much. What a performance that was. Derek Piper's live in Ann Arbor. Uh, he will have more from that tonight, just how special that win was. And uh, Joey Wagner uh, working on how just uh, perform, how big of a performance that was defensively as well. Also have some football recruiting stuff on the site as well. Deuce McGuire, Danny McGuire, three-star offensive lineman, talks about his official visit. Just saw Illinois offer another in-state kid, Austin Brown, out of Southern Illinois, really Southern Illinois, Johnston City. He's gotten some Big Ten offers here recently. Uh, so we'll have much more on Illinois football recruiting coming up as well. We're going to have some space here, actually, between games because Illinois just played four in eight days, and they come out of it with three straight wins and three or two top 25 road wins, and they're going for a third one, right? Third in a row at Ohio State. But they've done their work. I think they, they should feel pretty confident no matter what happens now and in the Big Ten tournament, that they should feel they have a stranglehold on a top-five spot. And uh, unless some other team makes a huge run, I think Illinois has got that that one seed. Maybe Iowa runs the table here, wins the Big Ten tournament. Maybe they're deserving of that one. But I think it's going to take a lot of work to knock off uh, Illinois off that one line. So what a performance. And we'll have more on it. And don't forget, tomorrow, Wednesday, I'm recording this at 10 o'clock on Tuesday. So you're probably hearing this on Wednesday, most of you. Um, that's our last day for your 50% off VIP membership to Illini Inquirer Plus. Also, a complimentary subscription to Paramount Plus. You save more than $150 the first year on that deal. So take advantage of that deal. Sign up for the best Illini coverage around here at Illini Inquirer. As always, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, rate us, review us. We really appreciate when you do that. Again, thank you to Joy Wagner. Thank you to Michael Tewitt, most of all, uh, for his time yet again and just his expertise. I, I know you guys love it, um, but I love talking to him too. So uh, fantastic stuff as always. Everybody have a great day. I know you will after that victory. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.